listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from today's speaker. Oh, yeah, thank you very much, Pastor Kelly. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it was going to be a, a Dodger rub in there. You know, the only thing that would be a saving grace is if the Padres win the World Series, then we could say we got beat by the champions. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm going with all that. Well, for all you Angel fans, you didn't even make it to the postseason, so wah, wah, wah. (laughs) We definitely have fun around here talking about different uh, things in our lives. I'm just so grateful that uh, Kelly asked me to share. I I literally am standing here by God's grace, and I I guess I want to say, not so much as a disclaimer, but just a real, in a very transparent way, I want to stand before you today, not as a preacher or as someone who's been in in ministry or or, or anything like that. I want to stand with you today as a witness. I want to come as someone who's giving witness of the things that we've been talking about over the last several weeks. Kelly started a series called Immovable that was concentrating on God's promises and the importance of this idea of covenant, which is more than just, hey, I promise I'll take care of that. It's a, it's a deep promise, a deep commitment by the creator of the universe with us, this covenant relationship. And so when Pastor Kelly said, hey, man, would it, it would be great if you, if you uh, maybe helped us with the message on the, on, uh, the 20, um, what is today? The 23rd. And, um, and I said, yeah, let's do I had a wedding last night up in North Coast, so I'm still uh, recuperating from, from that. Many of you know I, I work as a, a DJ as well, as part of what I do in life, and that's been a fun thing. And I heard a wolf took over last night. We'll discuss that later. But uh, there was a, a, a fun time yesterday, and I missed it. Usually we do our fall festivals on Friday, so I didn't have a chance to do it this time because we did it on a Saturday. I, I know you guys had a great time, and uh, it, it, was, uh, it was good to see what was going on. But as we think about this idea of covenant, we think about this idea of this promise, I love the fact that even though we have a part to play in this relationship with covenant, that no matter how many times we breach it, God never does. No matter how many times we screw up the idea of our end of the deal, God never turns around and said, you blew it, bro. Look, Article 4, 5, 7 through, you you totally screwed it up. You're out of here. Because if that happened, I'd be in big trouble. So I'm standing here before the cloud of great witnesses and before God himself as a witness of God's faithfulness when he says, I promise everything's going to be all right. Yeah? Yeah. So when I think about promises, I think about the, the idea that we make promises all the time. We celebrate them in ceremony before God and friends. And, you know, Pastor Kelly thought, brought that to us as far as the illustration of marriage. That's a very important covenant between a man and a woman that come and make promises to one another to love each other through it all. It's so funny. I mentioned that I had a wedding yesterday and I did the ceremony music. I was their DJ and I was doing the ceremony and the whole thing. And it was a very interesting setting because I've, I've done a lot of weddings and I've been at a lot of weddings. I've officiated them. I've DJed for them. And this one was really unique. First, it was supposed to start at four, and they were very strict at this venue. We're going to start right at four o'clock. So the guests began to arrive at 3.30, and around 3.45, everything was pretty full. Four o'clock came around. I'm looking for other background music to play. And then finally, they, they were ready to start at 4.20. I kid you not, that wedding ceremony was done at 4.25. 
I have never seen such a fast ceremony in my life. And here was the thing that was really odd to me. They, they did this beautiful sand uh, illustration. Have you seen this where the two grains of sand are filled in one, you put it in the other, and there's no way you could separate where they came from. It's a beautiful thing. That was the extent of their vow. Like there was no vows, <laughs> there was no promises exchanged. I was like, Lord help them in Jesus' name, amen. Because. It was really strange. And you know, it's, it's, you know, people have different ways that they want to celebrate. But I was just thinking, man, this is one of those covenant promise things where you, you're supposed to like exchange some important <laughs> promises to each other. And I guess it just didn't happen. But they seemed to be, you know, when they did the toast and all that, they were, you know, man, God bless you guys and God keep you. So I was like, okay, thank God. God's involved here. We're, we're, we're good. We're, we're good. They're going to be all right. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we are uh, taken at our word promise as well. And sometimes, how many of you have ever broken a promise? Anybody ever broken a promise? Man, if you've never broken a promise, I want to know what you're eating, what's going on, what are you doing? Because um, promises are sometimes hard to keep. But for some, maybe not. Maybe you're like, no, man, my word is my word, and my yes is yes, and my no is no. But I think it's fair to say that at a, at a broader stroke and in general, sometimes we make promises that we don't keep. And I think that it's important to realize that God knows that, and that's why his covenant is absolute. And in his love and justice, he knows, look, I created you. I'm perfect. You're not. Let's make sure we understand that. I'm going to commit myself to you entirely because I'm the creator. You're my creation. I love you. I have purpose for you. I want you to know that I am going to be true the whole way through. What an amazing grace that is. Amen? It's part of why we are invited into God's presence and accept by faith what God did for us in order to have that relationship. In 1997, I was about two years in training as a youth pastor, a little church in Los Angeles called the Herman Free Methodist Church. And it was around this time that we were having a centennial, and I was about to become the senior pastor of this little church. And I have a picture of the centennial with my dad. Look at it. No, the, the centennial one. There you go. Who are those guys? Yeah, in 2003, this little church celebrated 100 years being on that little corner. And it was a fascinating uh, experience as I went to LA Pacific College and, and eventually to Azusa and, and began to get myself totally uh, saturated in understanding more about this call that God had put in my life. And, and I went for it and you know I, I made the promise to just dedicate myself to God and to do his work. And it was a great time there. Christina is actually a, a part of that testimony. She was there when she was a kid when I was running the youth group. And there's been others that were there and have gotten married and had kids as a result of meeting each other there. And it was just a fascinating, fascinating time. It was around this time on October 4th, 1997, which happens to be um, my birthday on the 29th of my birth, my 29th birthday, there was a, do you guys remember a guy named Bill McCartney who started a, an event called Promise Keepers? Yeah. It was a massive event in the mid 90s of men packing the Coliseum. Show that Coliseum pic. This is me and some of the guys from the Coliseum. Look at this clown right here. Who's this guy? This skinny dude right here. This is Pastor Don. He was the senior pastor at the Free Methodist Church that took me under his wing. And these are men that, that I've known for a long time. There's Christina's brother, Amilcar. I, I love that dude. What an incredible time to be with over 100,000 men at the Coliseum 
worshiping God and trying to connect with this covenant God that loved us and wants us to be everything that he has called us to be and created us to be. I remember that this was an important time in my life because um, there was an event that took place that year in Washington, D.C. called Stand in the Gap. Do any of you remember this, the Stand in the Gap event in Washington, D.C.? Look it up. It is one of the largest gatherings in the Washington Mall of, of people that had, show that pic of the, of the Washington Mall. Look, this is, this is that pic. All of these men were there committed to do one thing, to bow before God in the capital of this country and admit that we needed to repent and that we needed to be better men of God and we needed to be genuine promise keepers. That made a huge impact in my life because think about how crazy the world has gotten since 1997. I only can imagine how much crazier it could have been or could be if it wasn't for the faithfulness of these many men dedicating to say, I need to do things better. I need to do things the way God wants me to do them. I need to understand this covenant that God has made and how he made that promise possible because faith is the only thing that's going to help us really understand the depth of God's promises in our life. Without faith, you're not caring about God's promises. You're caring about your circumstances getting changed and what's the fastest way to do it. Sometimes when we go through life, we experience so many different kinds of challenges that we have to be at the end of our rope before we show up at church and be like, okay, this is it, God. I've tried it all my way. I need you. Anybody ever been there before? I call it the hope at the end of our rope, right? It's funny because uh, during that time, I was in full-on training and seeking God's direction in my life for the promises that he had made. I even made the LA Times with Franklin Graham. Check this out at one of the events at, uh, at the Coliseum. This was a very cool event that it was, all, was, it was a call to all pastors. And I was there saying, God, help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And I think you want me to do something. Let's go. I really took this approach very organically, and God let it, I have to be honest with you, I don't know about Pastor Kelly or Pastor Jared or other pastors that have gone or come before me that maybe knew that they knew exactly what they had to do and what they were doing. I remember, you guys know Ben, his mom, Robbie, was a huge part of my life and really was a mentor. I remember she used to talk to me while I was already pastoring and going to school to be a pastor. She's like, you know, it's like you're, you're uh, learning how to play the violin and having a concert all at the same time. And that's exactly what it was like. I was like, I got out. So that picture of me up there was like, God, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Get me out of here. Right? It's like, that's what was an admission of my own vulnerability, of my own uncertainty about my own ability to do anything and really trusting God for his lead in my life. That day was, uh, those days were very holy. And I know that the world um, has been derailed in so many ways by all the stuff that's gone on. We live in a pretty crazy, shaky world, don't we? We live in a lot of unpredictability. We live in a lot of uncertainty. 
How many of you are familiar with movie promises? Show that skyscraper. Have you ever watched the Dwayne Johnson film or The Rock or your favorite character where everything is blowing up around you, the volcano's erupting, the lava's five feet away, the earth is shaking, you're falling off buildings, you're about to die, and then the, the action character usually gets either a daughter or a son or a, a wife or someone special in the character, and he grabs them by the shoulder, he looks at them in the eyes, and he says, don't worry, everything's gonna be all right. I promise. You guys seen those? Every time in the movies, there's this outrageous situation going on, and the character is looking in the eyes of someone who needs to know everything's going to be okay because they're scared, and he looks at them with conviction and says, everything's going to be okay. I promise. Dun, dun, dun. He goes off, and he's out running the lava and the whole deal, right? <laughs> so fascinating. I love it that Hollywood likes to write these scripts so that the action figure looks like he keeps his word. Most of the time, there's the Hollywood happy ending. Da, da, da. You know, they make it at the end. It's like, I told you everything was going to be all right. Yeah, you did. You promised. Ah, it's credits, right? <laughs> Only by faith can we really accept the promises of God. And you know what? He has already written out your script. God has already finalized your storyline. And that's why by faith, because the circumstances might look daunting, we can trust that God keeps his promises. Let's look at our first scripture here. We're going to run through some of these. Only by faith can we truly accept the promises of God. Your storyline has already been written. Look at what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says. And by the way, this is the book that talks a lot about faith and how we can see the examples of others and the characters of the word. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He has written out your story. When God looks at you in the eyes and says, everything's going to be all right, I promise you can guarantee that it's going to be a God ending, the way that God intended it and the way that God wants it. Amen? Amen. That's pretty good news, right? We could end right there and go grab some donuts. But we're not. So don't get donuts. Just kidding. He knows the drama that you're in right now. He knows the impossible situation that we're going through right now. He knows the pain and the healing that you need. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he takes us by the shoulder and he looks into our eyes and with love and power and justice, he says... Everything's going to be all right, I promise. Now, AJ, I really appreciate that, and that's cool, bro, but you have no idea what I'm going through. You don't know the struggles that I'm battling right now. I'm feeling pretty low, and sometimes, frankly, I feel like God forgot about me, and I don't know if I could really buy into this whole God promise, because sometimes I, frankly, feel like God has forgotten about me. Can we be real for a minute? Now, I don't know if that's how you feel, but I've talked to some people who feel that way. Has anybody else? Maybe it's difficult to admit that sometimes we feel God's not listening to us because maybe our understanding of God's promise is taking care of situations that are not good, and if that doesn't happen, then I guess promise, God's promises are not good for me. Sometimes we take on an attitude with God where it's like we're bargaining with him. God, 
I know your promises are true for me, so this situation I'm going through right now, you're going to deliver it, and I'm going to know your promises are true. Can anybody say, "Uh uh-oh, amen to that? Sometimes, even as believers for a long time, we can fall into the Aladdin trap. You know what I mean by that? Like God is some kind of genie that you can just rub when you're feeling bad, and he's got to come through and say, how many wishes do you want? I got you, I promise. God doesn't work that way. And you know, that might sound a little cynical. It's like, whoa, AJ, step back. But that's how a lot of people view God. And I think that as real people who trust that God's promises are faithful, we might have an obligation to remind people that sometimes life throws us curveballs and outcomes are not the way we expect them, but God's promises are still true. That sometimes the lava of emotions are coming close to burn us and sometimes we're getting shaken, but, but God's promises are still true. But it's so hard, AJ. I've been going through so many different things. You mean like Bill McCartney, the guy who started this incredible movement, whose wife was dealing with bulimia and uh, attempted suicide and eventually died of emphysema? You mean those kinds of promises? You mean Brother Bill, who was inducted into the College Hall of Fame for a coach, but was diagnosed recently with... uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and now is being taken care of by his daughter. Whoa, this dude that brought all these men together and was doing things for God, what's up with that? Did God not keep his promises? You better believe God is keeping his promises for Bill. You better believe that God keeps his promises even when we feel like we are at a place where there's nothing else we can do. The message here today is that God absolutely keeps his promises no matter what. And that we can trust him when things are tough to guide us through the fact that life happens. And sometimes it happens and it really hurts. I want to show you a picture that I asked Pastor Kelly for permission to show because I want to illustrate an important point. I remember when, we, when this picture was sent. Pastor Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the moment that you were taken off of the ventilator and you came out of the coma. Is that correct? He was still on the ventilator, but that was the moment he woke up. This is the moment that Pastor Kelly woke up after almost dying of COVID and being intubated for almost six, for six weeks. I remember getting together, dad organizing prayer groups with other pastors and people just asking God to intervene in Pastor Kelly's life. And this man is sitting right here with a second chance at life because we literally, during COVID, thought we were going to lose Kelly. Leah was getting end-of-life instructions. And Justin and I were like, what are we going to do? I guess we got to do this. We were with Hanukkah and Pete and the other leaders of the church trying to figure out how we could continue if, for whatever reason, we lost Pastor Kelly. How many of you are grateful that God intervened and healed this man? I am. He is. That's an incredible photo. Pastor Jared kind of set up a disclaimer for me, so I'll take abuse of it. He said, you know, AJ's transparency and calling it, you know, maybe keeping it real. Sometimes I keep it uncomfortably real, but I do it on purpose because I want to share something with you that I want us to take home because I want this promise thing to be real and new in your life. 
I want to dispel this Aladdin trap. I want to dispel the fact that just because circumstances don't change, that that means God must have forgotten about me. God looks at you in the, in the eyes with power, love, and justice and says, everything's going to be all right, I promise. And we can believe that. Let me go back to an alternative ending. What if Leah called us and said, you guys, we need to pray and rally. Kelly's gone. Kelly has been taken from us. Oh, man. That would have sucked. That would have hurt. We would have been devastated for Leah and Emma and Rachel and our congregation. And just, why, God? Why? Do you know that if that would have happened, God's promises are still faithful to Kelly? And it would have been extended and inherited to Leah to, to have God's grace and, and mercy and comfort walk them through the loss of their father, their husband, our pastor. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. I'm going to show you another picture because I think it's important for context. How many of you remember Josh Pumphrey? Josh was back there running our stuff in November of 2020. On November 23rd in 2020, Josh went out on a bike ride with some friends from the church and other brothers, and a car turned around over there on Battenshire or one of these streets, and I remember getting the call that he was rushed to the hospital. Within hours, Josh was with us no more. And I want to show the next slide. Him and Tatiana had just gotten married right here two weeks prior to that. Can I tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God's promises were still faithful to Josh and are still faithful to Tatiana in the midst of that tragedy? And right now, two years later, I know that Tatiana is embracing God's promises in her life to help her continue probably, because it's just been two years, mourn the loss of her husband. Guys, life happens. Hurricanes come and mess with our lives. Health, financial, relationships. We live in a broken world where we must depend on God's promises. Where we've got to let this covenant relationship sink so deep in our hearts that when stuff like this happens, we can mourn and wail and cry, but we can't be like, God, how dare you? Why'd you do that? But we could take a deep breath and be like, God, I don't know why, but thank you for your peace that's going to get me through this. Thank you for the comfort that I know I can lean on you for. Do you know how many people I could, I, I lost count after a dozen people that I knew that lost their lives to COVID. How many of you know people that lost their lives to this awful disease? My father and I did memorials for some of these families. Do you know how hard it is, and I'm sure Kelly and Jared and dad and others, even some of you, do you know how hard it is to have a family member come up to you when their loved one dies and says, why didn't God do something? Dude, that's real life. Life is happening, and sometimes it's very chaotic, but we can trust God's promises for our life. John 16, I have told you these things, and what he meant by those things, if you read the other chapter, is like all the stuff that the disciples were freaking out about, that he was leaving and that he wasn't going to be there. What do you mean you're leaving? Wait, you can't go. I thought we were going to do this. I thought we were going to do that. The disciples were having a little major freak out. 
and they didn't know what to do or what to expect when Jesus is telling them all of these things. And so he says, listen, I have told you these things, but so that in me you have peace, because in this world you will have trouble. I like it that Jesus said that. I'm glad that I don't have to wonder if Jesus knows I'm in trouble. Matter of fact, Jesus said, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad really bad. (laughs) It's going to get freaky. It's going to get crazy. you, You better be ready. You need me. Trust me. Because the world, we, I kind of wired, I kind of programmed it this way so that it could draw you to the fact that you need something bigger than your world. You need me. And so he promised us that he would give us peace and to take heart because he has overcome the world. That's good, yeah? The love sessions that Pastor Kelly mentioned is uh, if you're over 18 and under 30, you're welcome to come when we have them. It's just a real talk life discussion, real talk, real people, real life about how to see God through different situations. And particularly with these young adults that are trying to figure out what's next and the future and all these kinds of things. And one of our mantras or our our mission is love is the most powerful force in the universe and hope is a promise because hope is a promise in every situation. Tatiana sang a song and one of the lines really stood out to me. Joy in chaos and peace that makes no sense. Well, I need peace to make sense. Sorry, I can't help you in that department. Sometimes peace doesn't make sense. And that is when we actually believe that God grabs us from the shoulders, looks us in our eyeballs, and says, everything's going to be all right, I promise. I love being able to lean in on these truths, even when I don't understand them, even when I don't have the answers. Being a believer in Christ doesn't mean you walk around acting like your life is perfect and everyone else, oh, well, that wouldn't be happening to you if you went to church. Because sometimes we get these crazy religious attitudes like your life is supposed to be great, and when it's not, you're wondering if you did something wrong. Well, listen, whatever your personal challenges are with God leading you in your life on different things, because we all should have them, and we should all be looking towards constantly turning from those things that God doesn't want in our lives, that God wants to bless us, that we can trust God and be faithful in the things that he has for us. You know, we always like that part of the Bible that says the desires of our heart. God wants to give us the desires of our heart. You dig that one? I love that one. How many of you want the desires of God's heart on your life? Amen. You know what the verse before that says? Delight in the Lord, (laughs) and he will give you the desires of your heart. And you know what I love about that verse is that it literally changes the desires of your heart to God's desires for your life. Because when we delight in the Lord, we are looking for the things that we know God wants to bless us with. I think it's very interesting that sometimes we have so many questions that we think God left us. Hanging for the answer, and the whole time his promises are there written in his word. And by faith and faith alone, Can we experience his love, his faithfulness, his comfort, his grace, his peace? For when our bodies break down or when this fallen world creates circumstances that are beyond our control and we have to rely on something that's bigger than ourselves. 
I'm gonna get ready to close up here. I just wanna share a couple of other important scriptures to help us wrap our heads around God's absolute trust for us, promise for us that we could trust. Psalms 32.8 says, yes, Tatiana, thank you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. How many of you remember when you were little kids, your parents watching over you or making sure you were okay? Maybe some of us had crazy parents that didn't watch us. I don't know. But, you know, for the most part, there were seven of us, and I was the first one, and so I got all the love and attention. That's why I'm the favorite one. But... After the, you know, age, my son, little AJ, we, we probably watched him a lot more attentively. And then when Aaron came, it was like, oh, we got this. Aaron, he'll be fine. He'd fall over. You know, when, when AJ was a baby and he'd fall over and hit his head, it was like, oh, my God, are you okay? We thought he killed him, right? We thought he was going to die because he bumped his head. Little kids fall and bump their heads, right? Don't you love those parents that give little kids helmets? Those are hilarious, too. When Aaron fell and started hitting his head, we were like, ah, he'll be all right. AJ did good. It's like, poor Aaron. You got the, the short end of the stick. <laughs> But God does take care of us like a parent, and his loving eye is on us, and we can trust that. That's why this idea of being like a child is so holy and beautiful. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine 29 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. The yoke is that weird bar that goes on the two animals in order to lead the plows or whatever. And so when you're yoked with another animal, you're pretty much going to go the same way. And the yoke is very interesting expression of, of connecting. We want to be yoked with Christ because that way, wherever Christ goes, we're going to go too. It's a beautiful understanding of an image of being yoked. Learn from him. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Don't we all just want rest for our souls? The promises of God are trustworthy. His love endures forever. We can start today brand new with a new perception of this idea of God's promises, this God thing. You know, we come to church every week, and we obviously come with an expectation. We come to be with family and friends. We come to worship together. Maybe you come because you just, you know, that's what you've been doing all your life. I've, I've been, you know, a church person all my life. And, you know, even though there's been seasons in my life where maybe I wasn't as consistent and whatnot, and life challenges that occurred in my life, I was the pastor of that church for five years, a senior pastor. And some challenges came into my life, and I was forced to kind of bow out of the ministry for a while. And my faith was shaken. I've gone through some stuff. Have you? I know that even though my life has not been perfect, I trust the one who is perfect. And I know that he invites me into a place where no matter what's going on and no matter how many times I might blow it, he's going to welcome me back into his arms. He's going to allow me to cast my cares to his feet, to feel a sense of his presence. Make no mistake about it. God wants to heal you from your past. He wants to give you peace for your present. He wants to remind you of the hope that's tomorrow. We can start that today by giving God our greatest concerns, our hurt, our unresolved pain. If we believe that we are called of God and that we believe that we've put our faith in Christ and we believe we belong to him, Romans 8.28 reminds us that all things work out for good. And we know, Paul says, all things work out for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
And I love this verse in Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed and the rock is in there. No, the rock is not in there. This is you and me in this storyline. Going through all the stuff when the hits the fan, which it does. And you know what happens when that stuff hits the fan and the fan is on? It goes all over the place. I got to keep it real. But though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace or my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who is compassionate. I've gone through my own challenges and troubles in my life. My faith has been shaken, but never broken. I have witnessed too much of God's mighty hand in the lives of my family and friends. I have seen the comfort for those who mourn. I've seen the peace that comes with those who suffer. And I see God's healing hand on the brokenhearted. And I have to remind myself that sometimes God grabs me by the shoulder, looks at me in the eyes and said, everything's going to be all right. I promise. I believe God wants to meet some of you today, right now, right here. You remember, uh, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard this thing, oh, I got to go do business with God. Have you ever heard that before? It's an interesting phrase, and it became kind of a christian -y. Hey, we're here to do business with God. And what that means is you're sitting down at the negotiating table, realizing that he's got the best deal, and you really can't bargain yourself out of this one. You got to just sit there and accept this amazing covenant that he's provided for us. I believe that God wants to meet some of us here today in a very real and profound way. I'd like to take a moment to do something a little bit different and out of the ordinary. I want you right now to just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think about the challenges you're facing right now. Health, financial, relationships, anxiety, uncertainty, fear. I want you to think about your thing right now. I want you to just really dig deep. I don't mean to be so pessimistic and, and, and Debbie Downer here, but just really concentrate on some of that stuff that's been going on in your life right now and just really let it rattle you because we, we, we want to be real. I want you to think about how it makes you feel. I want you to think about the real raw nerve endings that it strikes. I want you to think about all those things that just keep paying rent in your mind, constantly bouncing around in your head like a BB in a tin can. And once you feel that deep weight that is making you worried and anxious, I wonder if we could just 
like a popcorn scenario around this auditorium and those outside and even those that are watching online. I'm wondering if we could start changing those negative thoughts, those anxieties, those hurts and those pains. And I wonder if we could start one by one as you feel led as an example of response. Let's begin to stand and just say out loud, I believe in your promises for me. As you feel led, as you're dealing about that, when you feel the courage to say, today I will begin to trust God for that stuff, just begin to stand and say out loud, I believe in God's promises. I believe in God's promises for me. I believe in your promises. I believe in God's promises for me. I believe in God's promises for me. Waymaker, miracle, worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, that is what you are. Waymaker, miracle maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, that is what you are. I've invited a few people to be available to anyone who would like to extend a time in response by asking for prayer for those promises to just be amplified in your life this week. That you might know beyond a shadow of a doubt and trust with all of your heart that though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken nor my covenant of peace be removed. Says the Lord who has compassion on you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast. 